morning. I'm Pastor Nick. Welcome to our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family. We hope today's message will be a help to you. May God bless you. Well, my friends, would you please turn in your Bibles now for the message to 2 Kings chapter 22, 2 Kings chapter 22. Those of you who have been in services recently know that I've been doing a series of messages from King Josiah, and the title of the message today is Life Lessons from King Josiah, part four. And this week I thought I would come up with a very creative title, thought I would come up with a very creative title, and then I showed it to uh, our office administrator, Olivia, and uh, she said, Pastor Nick, why don't you just go back to your, your regular title of Life Lessons from King Josiah. <laughs> anyway, just for some of you who haven't been following the story, the Bible story for the last number of weeks, I invite us to remember that there was a man whose name was, in fact, King Josiah. He lived and he ruled the nation of Judah, which was a part of the Holy Land about 2,600 years ago. That was a long time ago, but the life lessons that we have learned and can learn from King Josiah are very relevant to your life and mine this very day. Some years after Josiah became king of Judah, he became convicted and convinced that the people were not living the way God had wanted them to live, that the majority of people in, in his nation were displeasing God. They were not living holy, godly lives. And after a part of the Bible was found in the temple in Jerusalem, and the Bible portion was read to him, King Josiah was just shocked. He was shocked by what the Bible said. And basically, 2 Kings chapters 22 and 23 record for us the huge changes that he began to make in his country because of what was stated in the Holy Bible, which probably was Genesis, uh, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, or some scholars think it might have been primarily uh, Deuteronomy. But nevertheless, Josiah began to bring reform and spiritual renewal uh, to his country. And there was a spirit of growing holiness, holiness unto the Lord. All right. I shared with you several very important lessons from 2 Kings chapter 22 and previous messages. Now today, the first lesson that I want to give attention to is this. Lesson number one today is this. Realize that God has an important place in ministry for women just as he does for men. I thought I'd hear a few more amens from the women. Let me state it again. Realize that God has an important place in ministry for women just as he does for men. Okay. 
Now this truth came to my mind from 2 Kings chapter 22, beginning at verse 14. Here, here it is, and I believe you'll see it on your screen. In um, 2 Kings 22, beginning at verse 14, it says, So Hilkiah the priest, Ahikam, Gabor, Shaphan, and Aseah went to the new quarter of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Huldah, H-U-L-D-A-H. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, son of Harhas, the keeper of the temple wardrobe. She said to them, the Lord, the God of Israel has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the words written in the scroll that the king of Judah has read will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods, and I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will burn against this place, and it will not be quenched. Verse 18. But go, go to the king of Judah, who sent you to seek, to seek the Lord, and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry and humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I said against this city and its people, that this land would be cursed and become desolate. You tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until you have died and been buried in peace. You will not see the disaster I'm going to bring on this city. So they took her message, they took her message, Hulda's message, back to the king. Well, here we are told about this woman prophet named Hulda, who basically sent a message to King Josiah saying how God would not allow any, any dis, dis, uh, disaster or destruction to come upon Jerusalem and the nation of Judah because, because when King Josiah heard what the Bible said about the Jewish people needing to stop sinning and to worship God, notice in verse 19 how King Josiah replied in, in verse 19. You were sorry and humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I said against this city and its people, that this land would be cursed and become desolate. You, you tore, you tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So it appears Huldah was obviously highly regarded by the people of her day and by King Josiah. She was very much respected. She was a prophetess with great spiritual insight and intelligence. And King Josiah listened, listened to Huldah. He listened to this female prophet. The commentator in my Life Application Study Bible says this, he says, God freely selects his servants to carry out his will 
rich or poor, male or female, king or slave. Isn't that good? God freely selects his servants to carry out his will, rich or poor, male or female, king or slave. Now, Huldah, by the way, was not, not the only female prophet in the Bible. Some of the other female prophets were uh, Miriam, uh, Deborah, uh, Noadia, and Anna, and some others. And essentially, the Bible describes a woman prophet as someone through whom God speaks to his people, which was really the same with the male prophets as well. For example, the prophet Deborah said, look, the Lord, the God of Israel has commanded. That's Judges chapter 4 verse 6. The prophet Huldah in 2 Kings twenty-two fifteen 15 said something similar. She said, the Lord, the God of Israel has spoken. All right, here's my point. Here's my point. Throughout the Bible, God used not only men, but he also used women to be his spokespersons. All right? And that, that is why in the Church of the Nazarene, since our denomination started back in 1895, led by Dr. Phineas Brzee, women and men have been encouraged to be open to the call of God to speak on behalf of the Lord, to be open to God's call to be preachers, pastors, associate pastors, Bible teachers, youth pastors, children's pastors, missionaries, medical missionaries, such as missionary nurses, missionary doctors, chaplains in prisons, chaplains in military, uh, chaplains in other places as well. Well, most of you here know that here at Rosewood Church, we, we have an outstanding associate minister uh, who is a woman. She, of course, is Reverend Dr. Lisa Autar O'Shea. And as we know, she is one of the very best preachers and pastors and teachers in Canada in any church denomination. And, and she is currently, currently on a well-deserved Go ahead, yes. Amen. She is currently on a well-deserved three-month sabbatical. Pastor Lisa grew up in our church since she was around 12 years of age. And so we thank the Lord for our wonderful associate minister. Uh, across the years, we have had other female pastors and leaders in our local church, uh, some of which you have known, such as uh, Trudy White, uh, Tina Patamber, Arnie Grace Sandy, Shireen Spencer, Bria McIntosh, Cindy Stavropoulos, Joy Shaw, and our newest young lady who is studying at Tyndale Seminary to be a pastor is Angela Nanquil, who preached a wonderful message on Jesus as Lord just a couple of weeks ago, if you were here. Amen? Uh, now, I don't, I don't have time to tell you about all of these wonderful ladies, but, but just think about this. Think about this. Last Sunday, November the 5th, 2023, as you were here, those of you who were here will remember, uh, that Sunday marked our church's 44th anniversary. 
the Toronto Main Street Church of the Nazarene under the leadership of Reverend Dr. Bill and Rita Stewart started our church 44 years ago. And I, I mentioned last week how that very morning, last Sunday, that very morning, Angela Nanquil, who is a member of our Rosewood Church family and is in seminary studying to become a minister, Angela was preaching at our mother church. Um, I told you how Main Street Church is currently without a pastor, and they happened to ask Angela from their daughter church to pulpit supply on the Sunday, which happened to be our 44th anniversary. I don't think they knew when they were asking her that. And I, I spoke with Angela before last Sunday's service, and I, I said to her last week, I, sa I said, you know, when you are at Main Street Church this Sunday, please express our deepest love and appreciation to the congregation for giving birth to Rosewood Church 44 years ago. And I've been pondering how, isn't it beautiful that a, a called by God, gifted young lady named Angela was filling a need at our mother church on our 44th anniversary Sunday. Amen? Amen? Um, Angela, you're here. Oh, why don't you just stand for a moment? There she is. She's here. God bless you. Amen. All right. She preaches so well, I'm sure they're going to ask her to go back and preach again. All right? Um, let, me, let me tell you something else that's wonderful. Just over a week ago, I, I was talking with a dear, marvelous senior in our church, and she was telling me, she was telling me of how she enjoys and loves coming to church so very much. And her, her name is Lurleen, Lurleen. And uh, Lurleen is 93 years old. But if you saw her, you would probably think that she is only in her 60s, okay? Uh, Lurleen, you were here last Sunday. I'm not sure she always is here if, if health-wise she's strong enough. But we, we thank the Lord for Lurleen. While I was talking, while I was talking with Lurleen just the other week, she reminded me, I didn't know this, uh, or I didn't remember it anyway. While I was talking with her, she reminded me of how she had prayed many years for her husband, James, to come to faith and trust in Jesus as his Savior and Lord. And finally, about nine or ten years ago, her husband gave his life to the Lord. And now here's why I'm telling you about Sister Lurleen. Lurleen went on to tell me that after her husband was saved, she told me of how Pastor Arnie Grace Sandy met with him for many weeks, met with him for many weeks to, to help him do Bible studies and to help, him, to help her husband grow spiritually. And Lurleen told me of how she was so thrilled. She was thrilled. This goes back seven or eight years ago, but she was telling it to me just, just the previous week. So she told me of how she was so thrilled that Pastor Arnie led her husband through those Bible studies. And Sister Lurleen was so thrilled about that and then Pastor Arnie went on to baptize him during a baptismal service. Amen? So 
Lurleen's husband went to be with the Lord, I think it was about seven years ago, in his 80s. But when she told me this story of how Pastor Arnie Grace Sandy was such a blessing to her husband and just the joy that was brought to her as the wife, I thought, isn't this wonderful to hear? This is just, just marvelous. Why don't you give a hand for Pastor Arnie Grace Sandy, okay? <laughs> Pastor Arnie is now serving at our Connect Church of the Nazarene, a congregation that we started uh, just over eight years ago. Well, I mentioned also that uh, Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber is another woman uh, who was called to be a pastor from our Rosewood Church family. She and her family started worshiping here again, I think, when she was around 11 or 12 years of age. And, um, and, and uh, uh, some of you know that Pastor Tina serves and leads our impact, our impact Church of the Nazarene in Markham, Ontario. And Reverend Dr. Tina Patamber and our associate minister, the two of them, both of them, Reverend Lisa Otar O'Shea and Pastor Tina, have become, in my, my sincere opinion, they have become uh, two of the best preachers in Canada in any denomination, in any denomination. And I praise God for that. And yes, go ahead. I listen, by the way, I listen to Dr. Patamber's sermons uh, from her website every week. Every week I listen as I'm driving different places. And over a week ago when I turned to uh, Dr. Patamber's website, I noticed, I noticed how her sermon on change was, um, was, was seen or was viewed by almost 8,000 people, 8,000 views. Uh, her sermon on the story of Hagar had over 9,200 views. Her sermon on the story of Abigail had over 11,000 views. And my friends, I would just encourage, I would encourage all of you to go to Pastor Tina's website uh, each week. Go, go turn to Impact Church of the Nazarene and listen to her outstanding sermons and be blessed and spiritually enriched. Let me also mention something about our children's director, Bria McIntosh. Uh, recently I heard one of our mothers here in our church tell of how her children absolutely, her children absolutely love children's church and how her children learn so much from the teaching of Bria week by week. And when I hear these things, my heart is just blessed. I just rejoice and give God thanks and praise. Uh, why? Go ahead, go ahead. Yes, give Bria a hand. Yes, amen. Why, why am I telling you some of these things about, about these wonderful ladies? Why am I telling you? I am telling you because in King Josiah's day, over 2,600 years ago, there was a prophetess named Huldah who was called by God, called by God to uh, carry out a ministry. And the point is, God is, is still in the business of calling women into the ministry. Some to be full-time, some to be part-time, some perhaps to be on a paid basis, others to, as volunteers. And so, ladies, whether you are a teenager or you're an adult uh, or you're older, 
I encourage you, I encourage you to be open to God's call. There is an important place in ministry for women, okay? And as I speak those words, I say, men also, be open to God's call. Whether you're a man or a woman, be open to God's call. And I've also made this point, I've also made this point about women in ministry for another reason. A few years ago, a man, a dear man and his wife and their children started attending our church. And after they attended our church for several Sundays, the husband said something like this to me. He said, Pastor Nick, my wife and I really like the beautiful spirit of your church. And he said, we really like your preaching and teaching. And we really enjoy the friendliness of Rosewood. I thought, well, this is good. And then he went on to say, he said, however, however, I do not like the fact that you have a female associate minister. He went on to tell me that he did not believe women should be ordained ministers and that women should not have uh, prominent roles in a local church. So I listened, and I I had to practice (laughs) self-control. You know, the Bible says self-control. I had to practice self-control when he said these things to me. Thank you, sister. Blessings on you. I politely, I politely said to him, I said, brother, our female associate minister is called by God. She is, she is a very gifted young lady. I told him, I said, she has become one of the best Bible preachers and teachers in Canada, and she is an outstanding pastor. Most of you would not know that occasionally I have these conversations with some people. And I went, I went on to say to him, I went on to say to him, Brother, in the Church of the Nazarene, we believe in women clergy. And I said to him, if it were not for women in most churches of any denomination, a lot of churches would have to close down. That's what I said to him. In a nice way, I went on and I said to him, I said to him, If you choose to make Rosewood your home church, you will need to accept and appreciate women in ministry. Well, I haven't seen that man since that conversation (laughs) that day. But that's okay. That's okay. Thank you, sister. Thank you. You know, my friends, realize that God has an important place in ministry for women just as he does for men. All right? So, to our young upcoming pastor woman there, Angela, I hope you appreciate what I've said today. Amen. All right. There's a second lesson I I want us to focus on today, and it is this. We, We don't understand why God 
allows some things to happen. Okay? This truth came to my mind from 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 29. Chapter 23, verse 29, where, where it says this. It says, while Josiah was king, Pharaoh Necho, king of Egypt, went to the Euphrates River to help the king of Assyria. King Josiah and his army marched out to fight him, but King Necho killed him when they met at Megiddo. He was killed in that battle. When I read that, I thought to myself, Lord, it does not make sense that King Josiah would die at this point in time. It doesn't make sense. He, he, was, he was only 39 years old, and so obviously he was young. However, besides his young age, Josiah had been in the process of leading the Jewish people back to worshiping God. He was doing a great work. In 2 Kings chapters 22-23, and in fact 2 Chronicles chapter 34, tells us of how King Josiah started to get rid of all the false and pagan worship in his country. I want you to notice a few verses. For example, 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 19. All right? 2 Kings 23, verse, verse 19 says, Then Josiah demolished all the buildings of the pagan shrines in the towns of Samaria, just as he, done, he had done at Bethel. They had been built by the various kings of Israel, and had made the Lord very angry. Notice also 2 Kings chapter 23, verse 24. It says, Josiah also got rid of the mediums and psychics, the, the household gods, the idols, and every other kind of detestable practice, both in Jerusalem and throughout the land of Judah. He did this in obedience to the laws written in the scroll that Hilkiah the priest had found in the Lord's temple. So not only, not only did King Josiah get rid of the, many, um, uh, the many wrong and sinful things in his country, but he also restarted religious practices and religious celebrations which previous kings had stopped because they just didn't believe in God, the one God. For example, the Bible tells us of how King Josiah restarted the celebration of the Passover. And that, that was supposed to be a very special time when the Jewish people were supposed to remember and praise God for how the Lord had brought them out of Egyptian slavery and into the promised land. The second Kings chapter 23, beginning at verse 21, tells us, King Josiah then issued this order to all the people. You must celebrate the Passover. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast. We are almost out of time. This is Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. If you would like to hear and or watch the whole message, please go to our website, 
rosewoodchurch.ca. Our biggest concern is that you trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I encourage you to pray this simple prayer. Lord, forgive me for my sins. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for my sins. I believe Jesus rose from the grave and is now in heaven, preparing a place for all of us who believe. Today, I receive Jesus as my Savior and Lord. In Christ's name, I pray, amen. If you would like to contact us at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, our phone number is 416-298-9932. Our email is office at rosewoodchurch.ca. This ministry is supported financially by people like you. If you would like to make a donation, you can send your gift by e-transfer to offerings at rosewoodchurch.ca. That's O-F-F-E-R-I-N-G-S at rosewoodchurch.ca. Or you can mail your check to Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, 657 Milner Avenue, Scarborough, Ontario. Thank you for giving to support this preaching and teaching ministry. I'm Pastor Nick, wishing you God's blessings throughout this week. Amen.